Hey, y'all. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, the crazy adventures of co-parenting, and so much more with your hosts, April and Lauren. Not only are we best friends, we are also the wife and former wife of the same man. Join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we were able to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting a lot of kids with a few husbands. We're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for but what we do have is a sense of humor street smarts and a few decades of experience under our wife mom and divorcee bill this ain't your mama's podcast welcome to episode 101 of co-parenting past chaos Yay. I don't know if I should have said 101 or 101. I don't know. I like 101. That's I fine. I do too. But everybody teases me that O isn't a number. Technicalities, potato, potato. I know. Karen. First of all, happy Mother's Day to oh, all the moms right. out there. Whether you're biological, bonus, adoptive, dog, cat, grandma, whatever it may be. We hope that you take the time to celebrate the sacrifices and commitments that you make to your family. And do something for you today. Because we are. Absolutely. By the time you guys listen to this episode, Lauren and I are going to be sipping drinks by the pool, sans kids and husbands That's and right. all. All right. Something happened this week and I didn't tell you because I wanted to save it for this episode because I wanted your true reaction okay. to be felt by the listeners and it goes perfectly with our topic this week. It's really cute though. All right. So sometimes Lauren and I are cool moms and we hang out in the neighborhood with our 12 kids and watch them play. Actually, we're just people watching and observing <laughs> what happens to be one of our favorite pastimes. Turns out other people's children actually think we're much cooler than our kids do. They do. As a matter of fact, on separate occasions, and I think that I'm telling the truth, mm-hmm. we've had several children from our neighborhood come up to us and tell us that they follow us on TikTok, <laughs> yes. which is, you know, really Yikes. embarrassing, especially when I was walking with John and they're like, oh, my God, we follow you on TikTok. We love you. And John's like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> also, Tanner advised me that his BFF listens to our podcast, so I wanted to give a little shout out to our loyal fan, Luke. Hi, Luke. Thanks for supporting <laughs> us, Luke. Anyway, a few weeks ago, we met a little girl, Lauren and I did, that lives down the street from us, and we started chatting with her, and we were just in awe about how amazing she was. What a she great was. kid. She's so sweet. So her mom came down to get her for dinner, and we talked to her for a bit as well. Making sure to tell her what a great job she's doing at being a mom. Because we always need to hear that, I think. I would love for somebody <laughs> to tell me that I was doing a good job. I think you're doing a great job. Oh, thanks. I think you you're are doing too. amazing, sweetie. <laughs> you're doing amazing, sweetie. <gasps> also, we asked if we could send our kids to her and she could fix them so that they could be as well behaved as her daughter. So fast forward to this Monday morning and I was walking the kids outside to get them on the bus. Up walks our little friend, and she didn't see me at first. So she asked Jack where his mom was. And he looks back at her like hello she's standing right there and the little girl said oh wait your other mom and jack's like um it's not her week it's this mom's week not it's not my dad's week it's mom's week this john has no custody yeah, he doesn't even matter i quickly interceded before you know jackson traumatized this poor girl with Confused his her even more amazing bedside manner and i said good morning and i told her how pretty she looked she gave me a hug and as she was walking away i hear her say to jack well at least both of your moms are my friend i'm like you know what yes queen we, we are, are both your friend we are so we here for you. it but i told that because i want to reiterate that our kids don't see anything wrong with our dynamic. No. They don't think that it's weird that they have two moms. And you know why? It's because we don't make it weird. They don't even hesitate when talking to other people. Like, they're proud of it almost. It just rolls off their tongue. It's yeah. very natural. It's not, you know, a, oh, I mean, 
Um, I'm not here with my mom this week. It's nothing awkward. It's genuinely like, nope, next week I'll have that mom. Next week I'll have this mom. I always felt bad because I see some kids, because I have been that kid, and you'll walk up to them and they'll say, oh, are these your parents? And they'll just look at you like, oh my God, we did not take these kids. You know, we didn't kidnap them. I'm the step parent, but you just don't want the kids to be confused or uncomfortable. And our kids aren't. We were on a TikTok live this week and Haley was with us. And what did she say? It made me feel so good, but it was something along the lines of she almost feels bad for people that don't have all the moms and dads that she does because she really loves having this big blended family. We all have such different personalities and ways that we parent and she can go all the kids really they can go to different parents for different things. And that's, I mean, what a beautiful thing that is. I grew up with two moms and two dads. And at different times in my life, I have needed one of the four of them more than the others. The fact that our kids have even more than four is just incredible. You're never, you're never at a loss. Somebody had said, um, speaking of TikTok lives, I did one as well. And they asked if we had any uh, parents that don't co-parent. So any of the kids, if they had bio parents that just chose not to. And I said, no, we don't. The only parent we have right now that's not actively co-parenting physically is one that is stationed in California. And he still co-parents, but he's not physically here. So those times when like you might need an extended hand, we've got, you know, your first ex-husband, <laughs> yeah. we've got his wife, we've got your now husband, you've got me. Like we have four other people that step in to fill his space. And that's how we are with absolutely every single parent in this group. Yes. And I love it. I really do. It takes a village. I'll never stop saying that because it does. I love having all these people to help me when I need it. Families come in all shapes and sizes. I can't say that enough. They do. And, you know, this is what ours looks like. And we're just trying to show it. One is it better than the other. Never. Not not at all. It's not weird if your family doesn't look the same as someone else's. You're special. And that's what we tell our kids. What's most important is that your children are loved and you feel loved. Absolutely. All right. Do you have a what would April do today? I do. Speaking of children and naughty ones at that, here's an all hands on deck since it's not my week per se with the kids. I did, however, receive a message from our smallest child, Jet, from his teacher. And I knew that Jet would be getting off the bus here at this house. And so you guys would be the parents that had to, you know, zone defense this one. And she messaged me saying that Jet had been trading Pokemon cards on the bus. So the bus driver had confiscated his Pokemon cards, which if you've watched um, other things that we've talked about, Jet has been moved on the bus several times for his naughty behavior. He is five, by the way. Well, then loading onto the bus this afternoon, uh, another student overheard him saying the F word. So his teacher is sending me this in a whole message and she goes, just wanted to let you guys know. Obviously, she's texting me and and knowing that it's going to get, you know, blasted across everyone. It's going to get forwarded message forwarded. Mm -hmm. So what what would you do? We've got a five year old and he is gambling on the bus. (laughs) I mean, you know, he's dropping F bombs. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. <laughs> and that. he should have just walked away, okay? <laughs> the problem with our kids is they're easily influenced. And I think that's the the truth with all kids. But they always want to place the blame on someone else. So I say, make sure that they are held accountable for their part in it. Yes. Yes, someone else asked him to bring the Pokemon cards. But 
he knew he wasn't supposed to. And we've had this conversation. As a matter of fact, did we not just have this huge conversation four days ago with all of our kids about bad behavior on the bus? Mm-hmm. And we threatened them within an inch of their lives that their jobs were to behave on the bus or else. Yes. Obviously, he didn't get that. He didn't get the memo. And I think with Jet, because he is our youngest, we have baby him, him a little longer than mm-hmm. we should. I can't help it. Don't tell our husbands that we admitted that <laughs> because they have really given us a hard time Cut about it. Cut the apron strings. Right. Cut the umbilical cord. But he's a baby and we have, I think it is time now, especially since he's in school, You're right. that we have to hold him accountable. And he's... Accountability, I'm learning, is a really hard thing to teach Children, you know, there's adults don't even have accountability. It's true. So it's like all of a sudden when you see it in a small human, you're like, oh, God, I got to teach them this. What do I how do I do? How do I go about this? It's an interesting one. I know as an adult, we I, I think you and I try to always take accountability for things. But maybe we need to make more of an example of doing that in front of our children. Yes. I don't know. And I mean, I think the same thing that we've always done is there are consequences for your actions. Absolutely. And we used to let the kids pick their consequences here before you and I started co-parenting. Yes. That didn't go so well because they always pick like the most minimal consequence. The easiest the one that easiest they won't miss. thing like, oh, I don't get to read today. Darn it. Oh, boohoo. Yeah. No, sorry. Now we're going to pick them and it's not going to be a good one. Yep. So sorry, Jet. Now all the moms know and you're in So that's trouble. the negative to being in a big fl- family, a big blended family. <laughs> yeah. Is the, the negative for the kids. Yep. Everybody, one parent finds out, all 25 parents are going to find out. And then you get... <laughs> Here's the bat. This is the worst because I talk to Jet, then you'll talk to Jet, then John talks to Jet, then his big sisters and big brothers talk to Jet, and he's like, "Are oh you? Oh my kidding? God, when is it over?" My parents tell everybody. I tell the boys all the time, I'm "Like I'm gonna call Uncle Jerry. He's gonna walk up the street right now." <laughs> and I think because he's so big, it's intimidating. That, yeah, he's intimidating, and they are really scared. <laughs> Last week, in honor of our 100th episode, we did a Q&A. It was really fun. It People was fun. loved that episode. I know. We talked mostly about how to interact with high-conflict parents and step-parents yes. and all those things. This week, we're going to be talking about divorce and the damage it does to our children. Also, how your co-parenting dynamic affects your children. Lauren and I really do a good job at not entertaining all the negativity that we receive, I think. I've oh, yeah. Much better than I used to because in the beginning I'd do a PSA. It's hard and, sometimes. You know, but it's hard, yeah, to see people say nasty things about you, especially people that have no idea who you are. Our mindset, though, is that everybody has an opinion and we try to respect that. We also like people to respect our, our decisions. And yeah. Also, we know that not every action deserves a reaction, so we prefer not to give the trolls attention that they desire. We, we use that advice in our co-parenting. And I think it's, you know, kind of conditioned us to be able to handle it for outside negativity. Yes. That being said, we had a negative comment on one of our TikToks and it gave me a great idea for our show. So thank you, person with no profile picture <laughs> that posts no content that seems to only access social media to be unkind to other people who are working hard to create an amazing life for themselves and our big blended family. But that person that sparked this wonderful idea basically said that our kids aren't winning and that our kids won't have peace because they don't get to go to bed with both of their parents at home to watch over them. Now we could clap back as our kids would say, and we could bash this person or convince our followers to be rude and nasty. But instead, I think we should educate this person. Absolutely. Here we go. Lauren and I are going to explain to you how staying in an unhealthy relationship can actually do more damage to your children than divorce ever could. Mm-hmm. So I hope y'all brought your Bible because we're about to take you to church. Here we go. First things first, we do not 
I repeat, we do not condone divorce. We don't suggest, advise, or propose that divorce should be your first answer to your marital problems. We do, however, advocate for a healthy relationship. Yes, absolutely. In all aspects of your lives. Do children want their parents to be divorced? Of course they don't. Nobody wants to get a divorce. But we've said before, it happens. Do children want to spend more time with one parent over the other? Ideally, no. I think children want equal time with both parents. But you and I have both been in military families for ever since we've been parents. Yes. It happens to us even without divorce. Our husbands are gone sometimes six months, a year at a time, and don't see our children. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. That doesn't mean that our family is not a family or we're not intact. No, I mean, and, and we've said it before families aren't supposed to all look the same we're not all supposed to stay in marriages i am a product of divorce you are a product of divorce and i can tell you right now i don't remember a single time in my childhood or my young adult or my older adult life thinking i wish my parents would have stayed together and i'll tell you why because knowing what i know about my parents if they had stayed together and i had grown up in that household I don't know if any of us would have turned out even halfway okay. It would have probably caused more damage to us than I could have ever, ever imagined in my life. So the fact that my parents recognized that so early on and made the call to separate and remove themselves, remove us from an extremely toxic situation, I thank them for. Because I never to this day am upset with either one of them for ending their marriage. Their life and my life was better off the way that it was, which was them separating, raising us with step parents who are rock stars of all step parents. And I won in the end. I mean, really, I can't imagine. It's great to those people that can raise their kids in one home and and it works out and you have a wonderful, healthy relationship. But that's not always the case. And Why are we judging people that that's not the case for? Are we judging people's relationships now? It's 2021. I'm sorry, but like if if I'm married to a man that is like abusive, I mean, you can speak on this and I know several other people can. My mom can speak on this. But if I'm in a relationship with a man that's abusive towards me, why on earth would I want my children to grow up watching that? I don't get it. And you and I have been really open with our listeners from the beginning. We promised that we were going to be as raw and vulnerable as we possibly could. But there are certain situations, I think, that I've brushed over and you've brushed over Mm -hmm. in order to protect our children. Absolutely. Especially in my case, because my kids are much older Mm -hmm. and they do have the ability to listen to what we say and see the things that we post. So I've never been one to I don't share adult business with my kids. And we've decided that. Yes. Together as a team that we're not going to tell our kids they don't need to be privy to adult situations. They're kids. You let them be kids. Also, our primary focus has been on the now, what's currently going on. We've, I think, concentrated more on our situation as me, you, and John co-parenting together. And I've gotten into my previous marriages, but I don't really go into detail because there's certain things I don't think I've felt comfortable talking about. But you have been very open, and I have. I'm not saying that I've not been open about things. We promised each other, and we promised the people that listened to our podcast that we would be honest and we would tell the truth. And I really want to because I think there's somebody out there that needs to hear this story. And there's somebody that's probably right now struggling with the fact that, you know what, I don't want my kids to grow up in a broken home. Okay, your your home isn't broken just because you remarry or because you're a single mom or a single dad. You can have an amazing family. And like you just said, an even better family 
than you would if you stay in a relationship that is not meant for you. Well, and here's a little shot of honesty. You're already raising them in a broken home. If you're choosing to stay in a situation where there is any form of abuse, that's mental, physical, emotional, sexual, anything that is in the category of an abusive partner, you're already putting your children and raising them in a broken home because they're seeing it and they may not see it right away, but children catch on and children catch on to energies and people's how people speak to one another and scenarios. One of the things my mom taught me when she got out of her toxic, abusive relationship and into a healthy one was you want to teach your children how to argue and, you know, disagree, quote unquote, fight with a partner in a positive way. Yes. Not in a a healthy way. Exactly. Because you're setting them off into the world and they're going to use those exact skills that you put into their heads as children and what they've seen with you and your spouse. And they're going to use them in their future relationships. Right. In their everyday lives. Yep. Could Roy and I have fought harder to save our marriage? I think so. I really do. In order to heal, I have to believe that our time expired for a reason. And the design was for me to meet John, fall in love, and find my purpose in life, which I truly feel like I have. And to find me. And to find my soulmate, which is you. (laughs) Now, my first marriage is a different story. Deep in my soul, I do not feel that that marriage was salvageable, no matter what we could have done. There is nothing that Jerry and I could have done or said that would have saved any piece of our relationship. And I can very much relate to when you say that, when people, you know, often say, well, you know, why did you and John get, I don't understand why you got divorced or how can you get along so well? My marriage to the husband that you're now married to and how I see it is just like with you and Jerry, there is no possible way to come back from it. Right. You, you clawed, you fought, you did everything you could. So it's it's time to call it a day that there was nothing salvageable about it that is. marriage. It is. Imagine this. If you caught on fire, would you put yourself out yeah. or would you just let yourself burn? I would put myself out. You'd put yourself yeah. out. You wouldn't just sit there and let yourself burn right. in agony. Right. So you do catch on fire and you put yourself out. Are you ever really the same? No, you're no. never the same. You're never the same after. So Jerry and I, no matter what we could have done, the damage was already done. The fire had been started. We may have put it out several times, but the scars were there and they were never going to heal. You can say, I'm sorry, you can put Band-Aids on things. You can pretend for a little while. And I, I think that it's very easy to do when you're in that scenario. But as soon as you get to the other side, and I think as soon as you got into your next marriage and even more so now that you're you, you're older and you've got your children that are older and you're, you're witnessing life from a different perspective, Now you look at those old wounds and those Band-Aids and you're like, okay, now I have to change these Band-Aids. It's still there. Yes. And it still happened. And I put it out of sight, out of mind and covered a lot up or moved past it. But I didn't ever really go back and and fix anything and heal myself from it. So it's 20 years you know, later and you're still dealing with trauma from something that happened that at the time you probably brushed under the rug and thought, oh, this isn't a big deal. I'll, I'll, I'll get over this. Well, I don't think Jerry and I should have ever been married to begin with. And I believe that we had two daughters and that's what we were supposed to do. And we were also supposed to learn a lesson, which we did. We were very unhealthy together. You just brought up something amazing and it made me rethink everything that I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. No, (laughs) I I love it, though, because I was raised in a house and my mom would probably kill me. So I won't go into detail because I haven't asked her. I was raised in a home where there was a lot of abuse. 
a lot of abuse on my mother from my father. Mm -hmm. I watched that as a very small child. And I remember as young as five years old thinking, God, I wish my mother would leave. Do I want my parents to be divorced? No, I didn't even know how to spell divorce, nor did I know what divorce was. But I knew I didn't want my parents to be together because it was terrifying Mm -hmm. as a child to watch that, to hear that, to live that. My mom and dad did get a divorce and it was sad, but it was great because then I felt safe again. But she marries another man and he does the same thing. Now I'm older, but it's trauma all over again. And you're starting to see, okay, well, it's a pattern. It's a pattern. You've ingrained a pattern now. And as a child, you've got it in you that, okay, so this can happen. These are things that happen in other homes. This is deemed as normal now to you. Mm -hmm. And instead of it feeling wrong, you almost go into an unknown fight or flight of, okay, this is how life is. And this is how people are in relationships. Yes. And so now I know what to expect and what I'm going to do if I'm in that situation. Or, you know, my mom didn't do this. So I'm going to be sure and and do this in the future. If this, when this, it's not even an if, it's you assume that it's going to happen to you. Yes, at that because that's your norm. Yes. And I remember being so angry with her and thinking, my mom is one of the strongest women I've ever known, still to this day. I remember just being so angry and thinking, why? Why is she here? Why is she with this man? And then now another man that's doing the same thing to her. I promise myself, I'm not going to do that. I don't want this type of life. But when it's all you know, when it's what you grow up looking at, and by the grace of God, I think I was intelligent enough to understand that probably that wasn't the right thing. But when it's all you know, you think that it's normal. Oh, yeah. You've already learned what it is you need to do it's in that a situation. Behavior. It is. So I grow up. Well, I don't grow up because I'm a child bride, but I get married and the same thing starts happening to me. And I'm like, well, maybe this is what a marriage is. Maybe it is a man that's supposed to tell his wife what to do. And if she doesn't listen, then what do you do There's as a child? What do you do? You get angry and you hit. Mm-hmm. Our kids hit each other all the time. Yeah. We tell them all the time, you don't hit. You don't hit out of anger. That's not how you solve your problems. But when you grow up watching that, right, which our kids haven't, but no. they just do that because they They're think naughty. it's fun. We did that, Jerry and I, because that's how we both grew, grew up. up seeing that happen around us. It was so unhealthy. So unhealthy. I've forgiven him. We're great friends now. But there were a lot of things that happened throughout our marriage that weren't healthy that weren't good. And it's so hard because I remember, and I think this is what what it took for me to get out of that situation was to think about the little kid that I was sitting in a room, listening to my parents fight or coming out and seeing the things that Mm -hmm. were going on and being so terrified, remembering that anger that I had, that why do I have to see this? Why do I have to hear this? This isn't fair. I'm just a little kid. I just want to play and have a good life and sleep at night and not have to hear my parents physically fighting and things breaking. And when that started happening in my marriage with Jerry, I knew that that's not the life I wanted for my kids. Yeah. I also was very torn because I wanted a life that I didn't have where my parents stayed together. I think that's where your disappointment in him, this man, came into play and you almost want to you develop an anger for this person like you have now wronged me like every other person has wronged me and it it almost lessens what men look like in our eyes they look smaller and smaller every time Mm -hmm. 
every single time as a child that witnessed things or had things happen to me at a very young age. I thought, oh, my God, this is what men are like. And then you experience it in adulthood. And it's like, this is what men are like. This is terrifying. Turns you off to that. Oh, completely. One hundred percent. It scares you to the point of and we joke about my paranoia, but literal paranoia. And I think what we're trying to do and what we're going to going to do absolutely is not only protect our children from that, but not pass those same tendencies and those same fears and projections down to them. You have to break the cycle. And that's in everything. That's in drug abuse. It's in poverty. It's in all areas of your life. If you want to make a change, you have to do it. You have Mm -hmm. to decide, hey, this is what's going to happen. I no longer want this. I don't want to live this way. Jerry, if he were here right now, I'm certain that he would agree our marriage was no walk in the park. Quite frankly, it resembled a nightmare. Jurassic Park. Jurassic. Yeah, it was a walk in <laughs> Jurassic Park. It was a nightmare. It was miserable. Yeah. He was. Here's where I struggle, because before we talked about this, I reached out to Jerry. Mm-hmm. And just like we've always when we're going to talk about somebody on our podcast, we always ask them or give them a heads up and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. I'm not one that believes in highlighting somebody else's flaws or indiscretions to make myself look better. I definitely don't want to be portrayed as somebody. I don't want either of us to be a victim that is doing something or saying something to gain sympathy. We've always been as honest as we can. However, from the start, we said this from day one. There are three sides. There's yours. There's mine. There's the truth. We're not liars. We're telling the stories from our reflections. But I talked to Jerry and I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. His exact words were, go for it. I support you. I was a jerk. I know it. I'm sorry. And if it helps somebody else, if our story helps somebody else, I'm all for it. And I love that. That shows growth. That shows that I've forgiven him for what he did to me. He's forgiven me. I'm not making excuses because there is no excuse for abuse. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to get out. I know Jerry's past. I know his childhood. And I know that it was much like mine. It wasn't peaches and cream. That's what he grew up seeing and understanding that's how a marriage should be. You carry a lot of pain with you from your childhood into your adulthood. Hurt people hurt people. Exactly. So I understand while I I don't condone it and I'm not making excuses and it wasn't right. I understand why he did some of the things he did. And I told you this the other day when we were going over this. Could I have stopped some of the things that I did to push the buttons? Right. Of course I could have. Yeah. But it wasn't my fault. Oh, absolutely Nobody deserves that. No matter what I did. I watched my mom and I would think to myself sometimes, good Lord, you won't shut up. But she doesn't deserve that. Right. Nobody deserves to be mistreated. I think, too, what we want to get across to our listeners and to anyone that is finding themselves in that situation or has been in that situation is kind of wondering what navigating co-parenting is going to look like if you've come from an abusive marriage or relationship of any kind of abuse. Listen, there are things that, you know, it may sound like we're being elusive when we speak. It's simply out of respect. Like you said, you know, we can we can talk on it. These things did happen. I don't need to necessarily go into the details. I just want to show that and we both do that there is a way to still positively co-parent, even if it's with the person that caused you probably some of the most pain and trauma of your life. Again, we're not condoning bad behavior and we're not condoning abuse, 
but we are condoning strength and the and the right that we have to choose to not be the victim of a situation that happened to us. We condone forgiveness and we condone not carrying that hate into our children, into your children's lives. They don't deserve that. Yep. Jerry was a great father. He still is. And I'm never going to take that away from him. He wasn't my person. And now he has a wife and they have a great marriage and they've been married for a very long time since he and I got divorced, which was many, 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 many years ago. I don't hate him. Your story with Jerry gives me hope for mine because, you know, the things now that I'm able to talk about that went on in my marriage. Now, is there more? Of course, there's always more. Marriages are complex in so many ways. And there's a lot of damage that was done in our marriage in both ways. But we've come so far. And the fact that John is now willing to open up and have a platform for some of the things that he was in the wrong for and some of the things I was in a wrong for. It gives me hope that in 10, 20 years from now, we're going to have an even bigger platform to be able to talk about how we came from absolute, not only a high conflict custody and divorce, but a high conflict marriage into where we're going to have hopefully happy, healthy children and young adults. Yeah. I've known Jerry since I was 12 years old. I'm 40 years old now. Wow, that's amazing. 12 years old, we started dating. We were teen parents together. You were teen We were teen spouses together. We grew up. We shouldn't have been married. We were entirely too young and too ignorant to be married. But we did. And we did our best. And we made a lot of mistakes. And I would do it all over again because we have two amazing daughters. And Jerry is... I mean, he just is a good person. And I look at that little guy Mm -hmm. that I (laughs) met when he was 16 and I was infatuated with, and I see how much he's grown as a person. And I couldn't imagine my life without him being in it. I think that's beautiful. Has he traumatized me? Yes. Yeah. But I think what I'm taking away from this is you're able to look at him and not think anything other than look at his growth. Yeah. Look at look at the person he is now and the person he is today. He's and a the testimony. He, and the husband and the father he is today. I look at John with you and that's people say, you know, don't you get jealous of your ex? I don't. I did struggle for a long time finding the genuine, you know, in your relationship with him and being like, no, he's, he's going to do the same things to you that he did to me. I had to really sit back and say, what does that say about me that I don't want someone else to grow? I absolutely want him to grow. I want him to grow and to become an, an amazing father and an amazing spouse and have this incredible testimony someday for people. And I'm seeing that before my eyes. I get to be witness and I get to be a part of that. And that is more to me than holding on to bitterness mm-hmm. and sitting and say, thinking, you know, oh, no, he's he's still the same. No, he's not. We are all allowed to grow. You are. And you're allowed to change. And I hate when I hear people say, oh, you know what? Once a cheater, always a cheater. Once an abuser, always an abuser. That's not true. If you want to change, if you truly find in yourself something bad and negative and ugly, you can change it if you want to. And you know what? Sometimes the change comes in moving on. It does. Maybe I was holding him back. He was holding me back. And look at how far we've grown, not holding one another back. We chose to not sit in the despair of our marriage and the despair of the trauma and to grow from it when we could have been holding it back all this time. Jerry and I did our kids a favor by getting a divorce. We broke the cycle. We said, we don't want to see our children hurt the way we did. We don't want to see them have this 
damage done to them that was done to us. We took the bullets for them. Yes. And as parents, that's your job. I mean, that's how I see my job and my responsibility. Regardless of our podcast and our followers and our our listeners, if this all didn't happen and it went away tomorrow, we would still live by these these morals and these exact same ideals that we've put into place and what we are going to have go into place for the rest of our children's lives. Absolutely, we would. Okay, guys, get in touch with us. We love to hear from our listeners. Send us topics that you'd like us to discuss. Make sure to check out our Blended is Better merchandise on our website, pastchaos.com. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We do weekly Facebook Lives every Wednesday where we give our followers a glimpse into our real lives and discuss things that are going on with our crazy world. If you haven't already, please do not forget to subscribe, download, and rate our podcast. Call on the Kirks. I want to do something a little bit different. Oh, okay. We have gotten so many comments on our TikTok. And we, Lauren and I seriously sit and we laugh till we cry and pee our pants. We screenshot them and send them back and forth to each other for hours. Is it possible to just be friends with a girl and a guy and not have sex with them? Why does sex have to always be? I in don't know. I mean, the equation. People are like wanting to high five John, thinking that he's like banging both of us. But bless him, he's not that fortunate. Sorry, no. <laughs> and I don't know that he would want to. Um, and that's, that's the not weird thing. The he thing wouldn't. That we and do. We wouldn't, I've never thought of that even being a thing until people started commenting it. John has never once said, a "Hand to God," has never once said, "Hey, April, you and Lauren want to get naked for me." Never. No. He's never even made an inappropriate comment about it the way that people do on social never. media. So that's why it's so it's kind of mind blowing to us, honestly, because it's not something we ever expected or thought about. I that never dreamed think. that we would get so many April and Lauren are having sex comments. April or and John's, Lauren don't have sex or John's with each other. We yeah, have no. sex appropriate times with our appropriate spouses. Listen, I'm going to break a lot of hearts. But unfortunately... I think I'm heterosexual. I don't. I'm not proud of it. There's nothing proud about it. But I think I am. I actually want to be asexual because they don't even have sex, period, do they? No. Or they have sex with themselves. I don't know. But I don't even. Sex is just not something that I go around thinking about 24. I'm sorry, guys. We don't touch our boobies together. We have crushed all the hearts. Yeah, today. we're breaking hearts. I mean, could it happen? Who knows? She's pretty hot. In this world, you never know. I mean, th- this could be a, a plot twist. Season four oh, of yeah. this podcast could Stay be tuned. April and Lauren get married. You never know. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about the Kirks and our big blended family, visit our website at pastchaos.com. Make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by hitting the subscribe button. If you really want to get personal, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Be sure to tune in every Sunday when we release new episodes. We would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to and review our podcast. And just so y'all know, we love Jesus, but we cuss a little. Thank you.